26 of Southern Man, Western Town. What are you hearing in the background there? <clears throat> that is called Painkiller by Hallows E. Why am I playing the Painkillers by Hallows E? Well, today on the show is pro wrestler, well, I should say retired pro wrestler, the legendary Super Destroyer. And this is the song that him and I used to walk to the ring to. That's right, him and I. I used to manage the Super Destroyer when I was in the wrestling business. I'm not during his whole career, just briefly, uh, maybe three, four years, I don't know, something like that. This is the song we would walk down to the aisle to, to the aisle to the ring to, I should say. Painkiller by Hallow's Eve. Now, how does this also tie back into the show? The bass player for Hallow's Eve is Tommy Stewart. Tommy Stewart was on this show. Tommy Stewart is the owner of Black Doomba Records, and Black Doomba Records is our sponsor, main sponsor. So, that's how it all ties in. Now, uh, there's been a lot of super destroyers in wrestling. Not a ton, but um, the one that we're going to talk to today, he's the mainly the one you'll always find in the western states. Back in the day, the back in the 70s, there was a rest, mask wrestler called the Spoiler, and he would wrestle as the Super Destroyer when he would go up to like the North Carolina, South Carolina area because there was a local guy there that wrestled as the Spoiler. So he would have to go up there and like change his name. Then later on, Paul Heyman had a couple of guys in the ECW that called the Super Destroyers that were a tag team. Then there was also one that would wrestle up in like the Oregon Territory back in the late 70s, early 80s. But this is a... Uh, the one from the Mountain West, um, retired wrestler, the legendary Super Destroyer. Um, glad to have him on the show today. Show 26, Southern Man, Western Town. I'm going to give a shout out to Gary Drano, the uh, latest uh, supporter of the podcast. He's uh, supported the show monthly, which I really appreciate. Gary's a friend of mine. Gary has a band called Gary Drano. Drano. I don't know if it's Drano or Drano. I always call him Drano, but I think we actually might be Drano. But, uh, and then Gary Drano and the Mixed Emotions. But no, I said that wrong. Mixed Emotions is a is a gay bar in Salt Lake City. <laughs> That's not it. It's Gary Drano and the Manic Emotions. And I'm uh, actually going to be playing bass for his band. Uh, he's just uh, going to do a lot of Hendrix and stuff like that. He's a guitarist and vocalist. He has a lot of a lot of stuff on uh, YouTube. Just look up Gary. And then he, how you spell his last name is D-R-A-N-O-W. And uh, the Manic Emotions. 
got a lot of originals on YouTube. He's got some good videos, um, good songs. But we're going to be doing a lot of Hendrix and stuff. I'll be playing the bass with him. He's up there in Park City, Utah. He used to be a pro skier, pro racer, pro horse racer, all kinds of stuff. He's an interesting guy and a good friend. Um, also the owner of my old 71 Stratocaster. I think it was a 71. Some people say 74. Hated, hated to get rid of that, but glad somebody like Gary owns it anyway. It was a long story how that happened. But uh, anyway, shout out to Gary. Um, last episode did really well with uh, Kelsey Matthews. Appreciate her calling in. We had a really good interview, and it all you got all screwed up. And uh, something happened to my microphones. We had to do it again, which second interview wasn't quite as in depth, but it was it was still really good. And I enjoyed it. Um, uh, last podcast, I also had some introduction music that had like a little glitch in the front of it. So you know how it is. That was my own improv stuff. Um, this is uh, recorded on May twenty fourth right now. So we, we'll see how it all how it's all going to play out. As far as when this will drop, this episode will probably drop Monday or Tuesday this week. Um, got a lot of a lot of good guests coming on. The show's really growing. Got some uh, new listeners in. Um, a lot, a lot more listeners in Ireland now. That probably has something to do with Kelsey Matthews because she's really popular in Ireland. Already had a few listeners there. It kind of doubled overnight with her interview. Um, got somebody, some listeners in South Africa. In Australia, um, a lot of new people jumping on Germany. Got a couple of listeners in Germany now, so it's really growing, and I really appreciate it. Um, just support the podcast by going over to to Anchor.fm slash Jeff Lawrence. That'll put you on this podcast, or just go to Anchor.fm and uh, punch in Southern Man Western Town. It'll give you a way to support it, or you can just you can just go to Venmo if you want, and that's a uh, Venmo. Jeff dash Lawrence dash forty eight, or you can go to PayPal Lawrence Jeff nineteen sixty eight at gmail dot com. But anyway, you want to uh, get rolling on the on the interview with the Super Destroyer, and that is coming up next. All right, calling into the podcast now is the legendary Super Destroyer. How are you, my friend? Good, How you doing, baby? Not too bad. I'm sorry about yesterday. We tried to do this yesterday and did a little bit of an interview and I had a bad microphone and it got all screwed up. So we'll have to, sorry if we have to repeat some uh, questions. I'll try to keep it a little bit different. Yeah, it's all good, baby. It's all good. <laughs> Let's, uh, so besides uh, wrestling, well, first of all, let me tell everybody out there that sometimes that uh, Super D easily calls me Doc, so they don't know that out there. So I used to, no. <laughs> but you, but you, but you, but you can. So if you hear him call me Doc, that was a. Uh, I used to manage, be the manager for the Super Destroyer here for a couple of years. I, maybe I don't know how long we did it. Maybe four or five years. Maybe more. We've known each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, known each other ten years or so. Worked in a couple of different promotions together and then tag team together. But besides wrestling, we have a couple other things in common. What um. We, you like uh, you like to smoke cigars like me. What, what's your uh, what's your favorite cigar to go to? My favorite one is the uh, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, those are always good, always smooth. What is that like a Dominican or? Yeah. Cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to. I probably have. I probably bummed one of them off of you before, but I'll probably have to get some more now. I just kind of recently started smoking them again. I uh, I quit for a minute. I was ter- I was burning holes in all my clothes, so. <laughs> I know I don't. <laughs> but nothing like a, a good cigar after a wrestling match. Oh, and, then, uh, and then uh let's go ahead and uh so how long how long have you been in the business? Like or actually when did you start? Well my, my first exposure to the wrestling industry was in nineteen eighty six when I saw Hulk Hogan fight Bondi at Stokeen. I had no idea what it was at the time, but to me, it was real, and I wanted to be part of it. And uh, I went to a wrestling school and opened up here in Orm in 1999 by wrestling MC Greeterwolf. He was a uh, journeyman for the WWE, and uh, started playing under him and had my first match July 1st of 99. Oh, very cool. Yeah, so anybody wanted to 
check out Steve Gatorwolf's work. He's uh, he's no longer with us, unfortunately. And I was a uh, I was fortunate enough to do a couple of shows with him. I never worked directly with him, but a couple of shows. But he is a uh, yeah. You can always go to YouTube and look up Steve Gatorwolf, and he he's kind of a does kind of the Native American gimmick and a lot of good matches on there with the old WWF. Yeah. And uh, and then after that, you uh. What did you guys start doing matches right away, or did you go? How did that work? We started uh, just doing shows regularly, uh, locally. Uh, either at the wrestling school, or we'd go to a local high school and do a fundraiser there for them. Uh, you know, or on Provo, Pleasant Grill, Eagle Park City. Did you take to it right away, or did you uh, say, "What the hell did I get myself into"? Yeah, after my first bump, it. Uh, Boxing anatomy and it hurt me so bad I kind of laid there and thought, yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then were, were you as big a guy then as you are now? Uh, yeah, a little lighter, but uh, I don't say ballpark. Because you're, you're around 300, 320, something like that? No, like 340. Okay. Yeah, and uh, for people out there that don't, uh, I've never been involved in the wrestling business. Um, when he's saying taking a bump, that's uh, that's just like like, you know, where they land on their backs and that kind of thing, and then it don't feel good. A lot of misconceptions of what uh, what the wrestling ring's made of and stuff. <laughs> People think it's a trampoline yeah. and all that. Definitely not a trampoline. No, it's just a little bit of a little bit of really hard padding that would hurt if it was just landing on that, and then some wood under yeah. that under there. And then you under that. Just go into your living room or bedroom, and then or on your driveway, and just slam your back on the ground, and you'll you'll know what a bump is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, uh, we did you start right off uh, wearing the mask and, and becoming the super destroyer? Yeah, I've uh, always worn the mask, and uh, I forgot to mention uh, yesterday when we did the interview that I did the backyard wrestling thing growing up. And uh, it wasn't the uh, hardcore blood and guts. It was actually a production. Um, stories. It was like a mini WWE in my backyard. And even <laughs> then, I worked. That's cool. <laughs> Did you? What'd you use for a ring? <laughs> a trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a trampoline then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we kind of, I kind of did the same thing. I, I started a little bit before. I, was, I started in like, well, I don't know. It was probably about the same. It was probably around '87 or so. I'm probably a little older than you though, but uh, yeah, it was a little different. I started down in Georgia, and I was, I went, to, I went to get trained to. Uh, they sent me over to this guy named Big Bill Dramo. He was a, he was also a Native American guy, but he did more of a cowboy gimmick and. He didn't really want to train me because I was only 5'10 and like 160 pounds at the time. <laughs> and then he sent me over to, to Dick Slater's. And uh, they, those guys just beat the shit out of me and had me go buy them six packs and stuff while they trained bigger guys. So I never... Uh, it was hard to, get, hard to get in the business back then if you were a smaller guy. Yeah, absolutely. Now I'm a little bit. Now I'm like 220 and still 5'10". <laughs> but yeah, we did some uh, yeah we did some tag matches and so. What, what was your last match you've done? Because you're basically retired now. Yeah, I'm retired now. I've done a few uh, shows locally. Um, I think the last one I did was probably three years ago. Okay, and that, did you uh, did you just have to take it easy and work a different style, or did you go in and work your work your same style? Um, you know, after I uh, injured my neck uh, several years ago, I took it really easy and didn't wrestle at all for almost two years. And when I got back in, yeah, it was really careful and um, cautious of the bumps I took. But uh, I did pretty good, I think. And uh, I think the next show that I do will probably be my last. I'm going all off that. Yeah, and we're all supposed to do a, a tribute show to... Uh... To Jim and I have it because he uh, unfortunately uh, passed away a few weeks ago um, under under really sad circumstances. We're going to do a tribute show to him, I guess, and you, I guess both of us will be part of that in some way or another. Are you going to do a match at that show? I think that's what they're talking about. Um, I think they're still early in the planning stages, 
and put the matches together, and so it was available for work. But I think it's a great cause uh, to raise money for one of the organizations that supports uh, LGBTQ uh, youth that have been disowned for being that way and having a different sexual orientation. Yeah, and that's a sad thing, and especially here in Utah, it seems to be more of a problem than a lot of other places. Was he was he still in Utah when this happened, or was he already moved away? No, he, he had moved to Maryland, and had been living there for the last few years. But we still kept in contact. We would talk uh, once or twice a month, and I talked to him just a week or two before the, uh, the end of his life. Yeah, that's a... Uh... Sad thing, and I don't know if you know. I don't know if you know this, but uh, I was just looking at. I forgot her name. There was a Japanese wrestler that just did the same thing yesterday. She's uh, 22 years old and pretty popular wrestler. I just can't think of her name off the top of my head. But uh, yeah, that just happened yesterday, and she was pretty big time. Um, think bullying online kind of stuff. Got to be. It's crazy. Um, have you uh, had any doings with the new uh, the new promotion in town, DCW? I guess they're not that new now, but Devotion? I haven't had a chance to see them yet. Um, the times I'm playing good, things always came up, maybe make it, but I'm, I'm going to go check them out when they start running again. Yeah, and they do have, they, they are on the CW30, they're on a TV show now, you can check it out. I think it comes on Saturday at like 11.30 a.m. or something like that. Um Pretty yeah, neat. Pretty, I haven't seen this either. Pretty decent show. I mean, they got Vince Russo running things, so I don't know. It's kind of, you know, how he does stuff. He has a lot of outlandish kind of crazy stuff going on. It doesn't a lot yeah. of a lot of it doesn't make a lot of sense to traditional wrestling, but I definitely think everybody should uh should support them. Um, yeah, check out support local uh, independent wrestling. Yeah, I think UCW is still. Still running too, right? Didn't UCW still around? Yeah, they're still running. And you were, didn't you work for them a while back, right? Yeah, when I first started. And uh, how did that go? Just it was good, and then uh, kind of creative differences, and I went a different direction. Yeah, I think I worked like three shows with them. I was just announcing, and I uh, <laughs> somebody. Somebody dared me to play. I was doing the. I was the DJ and I was announcing. So you had this laptop with all everybody's music on it in front of me, and they dared, they dared me to play "Raining Men" when Steve Slick came out. <laughs> and he got, he got, they told me he would like it and think it was funny, but he, he didn't like it. Um, he, he didn't think it was, yeah, he didn't think it was funny either. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I didn't last too long there. Um, but yeah, that's good that they're still riding. I don't think they're on TV, but I, I'm sure they're doing YouTube and stuff. Yeah, they're doing something like that. And when we first met, it was I was uh, these two kind of guys with a little bit of money came out of Texas and started Top Dog Wrestling. And I don't know how they got. I don't know how in the hell they got in touch with me. I just remember I was getting my tire changed somewhere, and somebody called me out of the blue and asked me if I'd put a wrestling show together. I, I, somebody in, somebody that I used to be in WCW, I used to work with a production crew down in WCW a long time ago. I think somebody gave them my number and told them I was out here, but, and they wanted to start Top Dog Wrestling, and then I started, did I hit you up? That's when I first met you. And they, I was yeah. getting, I was getting a lot of eight by tens from all you guys. I didn't know any of you guys. I hadn't been to none of, I'd been to one UCW show a long while back, like in a rodeo arena or something, but, yeah, and I, I remember meeting the guys from Top Dog, showing them all the eight by tens, and they looked at you, got you, and they said, "That's our, uh, that's the guy we want to be our champion right there." And I was like, "Well, you ain't even, you ain't even seen the guy wrestle or anything. Even, we don't care. We like, we don't care. We, that's our champion right there." They knew right off by looking at you, and then, uh, so that's what happened. You ended up being the, the Top Dog champion, and then the show only lasted one. <laughs> we only had one show. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, that uh, those guys ended up the guys that that owned that promotion ended up getting in a fight, and one of them went back to Texas, and it was a big, big bunch of shit. And then I ended up with the wrestling ring that they were using, and then I ended up selling it to War, and then now I think War has it has sold it to Devotion, so now <laughs> now Devotion's using our old ring. Yeah, and then later on, me uh, you became uh, AXW champion as well right 
Yeah, I was. Yeah, and that's when I was managing managing you there. I was that kind of but that was kind of the end of the road for me with those guys when they uh they decided I think you were going to your sister's wedding or something like that and they decided to strip you of the title <laughs> because you were going yeah. to a wedding. I was like, we can easily write this thing off and, and you know, say he's wrestling in some other state or whatever the hell and and we don't need to do this and they did it anyway and I uh I never kinda Never kind of got back in with those guys after that, and then we worked. Yeah, and even, yeah, even before I left, uh, I went on the snap because I was going to be gone first. Now. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it didn't matter to them. They just couldn't have it. Those aren't uh, those aren't the most ethical guys. <laughs> no, no, yeah. I think I think a few of them are in jail now. Anyway, um, yeah, that's what I hear. Yeah, we were probably better getting away from that. And then we uh we worked together in War Wrestling Alliance of the Rockies, which I uh, I kind of enjoyed that. We did uh, we tag team together, and then I managed you, and uh, we had a lot of good times there. Yeah, we had a pretty good run. We uh, watched tag titles. Uh, so it was fun. What was your uh, what was your favorite match you ever did? Not necessarily there, but just all together. My favorite match would have been when uh, War wrestled at Salt Lake Comic Con here in Salt Lake. And just the, the crowd around the ring and in the bleachers. We had the coach fight our way to the ring and back in the ring. And, uh, myself and Thanatos were shields. And they hated us. And it was just awesome. That's, that's good. That's Yeah, that's the perfect crowd for, for wrestling, probably. Comic-Con there. Yeah. I wasn't involved in that. I, uh, I got out. You know, my last match, actually, it was tag-teaming with you. And we... Uh, tag team with a uh, Spencer Cage and Tombstone Jesus and they about killed me they didn't <laughs> Tombstone hadn't <laughs> Tombstone hadn't been wrestling very much there and I was a uh, I told the story yesterday but on but since the interview got screwed up but I was a uh, yeah I was in there and I was I had to I did the figure four had Tombstone in the figure four then he was supposed to reverse the figure four and then I was supposed to start selling you know going into and uh selling for you, you guys out there that's when you like uh when you're, uh, what would you say? You're t you're in pain, I guess. When you're selling, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, so uh, he, t he you know, we turned me over on the figure four. I was supposed to be in pain and selling. Then he just kept selling. It didn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think he knew any different. Um, and then uh, I guess Cage kind of realized what was going on, and he jumped in and just stomped on my back. Um, which I don't know, it didn't, but that didn't make any sense either because they were supposed to be the faces anyway. And they, yeah. <laughs> so he about broke my damn back, herniated my disc, and I could barely get through the rest of the match. And I know you were getting pissed because I was kept trying to, every time you would tag me in, I'd turn around and tag you back in. You were going, no, God damn it, I can't breathe. <laughs> and then, and uh, yeah, then the, then he was, uh, I was supposed to do the, do the, the stunner to cage and then he's standing there waiting for me to kick him in the stomach and I, I don't do it that way I always always smash the guy's head into the turnbuckle on each side and then let him you know let him fall over that way and do it and then uh more like a bulldog i guess than the stunner but he was uh yeah. he has so many those guys only had so much of a frame of reference all they really ever watched was wwf so they, they of course thought i was going to do a stone cold stunner and i was always an nwa guy i didn't really do anything like like they did so uh yeah <laughs> yeah i really enjoyed the, the 80s was my time of wrestling that's what i i think i'm wrestling off of now it's just old school showmanship and wrestling and keep things simple and smooth and tell the story yeah and i was i was telling you this a little bit yesterday and i i think i've told some of the listeners but yeah go to go to youtube when you get a chance and look up nwa power because they kind of read They've redone it. Uh, Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins bought the NWA, and they went. They moved it back to Georgia, where it originally was the Georgia Championship Wrestling Show. And they uh, now they film it in a TV studio again. Like the people, there's like a hundred people there, and like you know the wrestlers come out to no music, and they do interviews at the desks, just like uh, Gordon Soley used to do with them. And it's really good. They got Nick Aldis as the champion. Uh, they've got uh, they've got James Storm and. Mr. Mr. Anderson, and I got a few people down there. You would uh, you'd like it. It's only a, you know an hour long show, but it's it's definitely old school. You'd you'd like it a lot. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, it's on it's only on YouTube right now, and we'll see see how that goes. Um, 
So as a uh, far as all far as all this quarantine goes, have you seen any of the the wrestling with no audience on TV yet? <laughs> I watched one of the uh, episodes of AEW with no with no crowd. Yeah, that's just just weird. Yeah, I can't get into it that much. I don't I don't really like the AEW product that much anyway. Um, some of it I do. I just think there's too many little guys in there. I'm kind of old school. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of old school. I need to I need to see people that's your your size in there. Like, if I'm not afraid of the person, then I don't I don't like to watch it. <laughs> I want <laughs> I want to be afraid of I want to be afraid of them if I see them in the grocery store. Like, I don't want to go. Up, I don't want to meet that guy in a dark alley. Yeah, and I don't think Marco Stunt's gonna pull that off. Have you seen him? He's like he's the guy at AEW. That looks like he's like fourteen. That's one of the problems uh, DCW Devotion here has is they they've, they've got some pretty good sized guys and they that can work, but they got a they have a referee that I, he has to be twelve years old. I thought he must be somebody's son or something, which I, I'm not opposed to. I don't know. I guess the twelve-year-old referee is bad enough, but I mean, he's just a liability. What if he gets <laughs> a guy like your size falls on him? He's done, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't advise it. Um. What's yeah, some, a bit of a rip. Yeah. What's some of your? Uh, what was some of your your wrestlers uh, that influenced you the most? Um. Hogan, sometimes a lot. And then, uh, growing up, I based a lot of my stuff on Big Ben Bader. Yeah, I could see and, that. Uh, kind of adopted his style a bit. Where did you get the, you were doing the torture rack for a while, where did you get that move from? Which guy did you? Well, uh, Jesse Ventura. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, and then, uh, and then you did, uh, I forgot what your other finisher was. The Black Hole Slam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, yeah. a bit. And where did you get that from? I still look from Abyss from... Uh, oh, from, yeah, TNA, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, that was a good one. And uh, as far as mask wrestlers, like, uh, did you have any, besides the, uh, probably the original Super Destroyer, did you have any other mask wrestlers you still like? Uh, the Destroyer, Dick Bender. Yeah. I've uh, had the opportunity to come across him several times, and we talked and talked about yeah, and he hardly ever take his, took his mask off, like, in, ever. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot, of, a lot of people don't realize how old school that used to be. Like, Mr. Wrestling 2 was that way, too. I, re I remember back in the day when I worked uh, at the pr production crew at WCW, I, before that even, I was like a little 13-year-old kid, and we would work in the uh, NWA offices in Atlanta. We'd go in after they'd film the shows, and and mop the floors and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, Mr. Wrestling 2 would show up and leave the building in his mask. Yeah. And it, it, he was so, he was so old school that he knew my dad. Cause my dad at one point was a, my dad owned a bunch of pawn shops and he was always coming in, but he would, he wouldn't come in the pawn shop in his mask. And his name was, you know, his name was just Johnny Walker. We all knew him as Johnny Walker. And we all knew Mr. Wrestling 2's name was Johnny Walker, but we never really, Without his mask, he didn't look like you know. We couldn't really tell that he looked like that, yeah. and, and uh, and he never would never. Finally, I asked him one day. I started putting two and two together because his his wife's name was Olivia Walker, and then they owned like these clothing stores. And I knew she had she had sewed Ric Flair's robes and stuff. So I was kind of putting it together, and he never would never would admit it. He was just told me I was crazy every time I asked him if he was <laughs> wrestling too. And he finally he finally passed away. He never did tell me, but. Uh, and my dad never would tell me. <laughs> he knew. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever like the mass superstar back in those days? Oh, absolutely. I guess he had uh, later on. He was what part of demolition? I guess. Yeah, smash. Yeah, I, he used to be one of my favorites because he would do. Uh, his promos were real calm. Like he would never yell at everybody like Ric Flair did. He would just calmly tell you he was going to break your arm and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and he, well, you have a look that he would do it too. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I always, he, one time I saw him do a, doing a class down there. Like, I don't know if it was like, I don't even know what they called it then, but he was kind of talking to some of the newer guys that were trying to get in. And he was telling them, never tell anybody on the, that you're going to kill them in your, uh, 
interview because you're not going to kill him. He says, you could never tell him you're going to do anything that you're not going to do. He says, if I, if I tell them I'm going to hurt their, I'll go out there and say I'm going to hurt their leg. I can hurt their leg. So I can, yeah. I, I can keep my word. But if I go out there and tell them I'm going to tear their eyes out of their face, I, I'm not going to be able to do that. So I ain't going to say it. I always, always kept that at, to heart when I do promos. Yeah. Um, did you watch? Yeah. Did you watch any of the old AWA before? I guess this was AWA territory out here in Utah, wasn't it? Yeah, it was uh, quite a while ago, decades ago. But yeah, any kind of old school wrestling that was all about. And you're originally from California, right? That's correct. I was born just outside of uh, San Francisco. And did you ever watch? Utah, that was did you ever watch um, wrestling way back then, like the old Don Owen stuff out of Portland or anything? If I did, I don't remember it. So you didn't really get into it till you moved here? Yeah, pretty much. Remember Utah was kind of the open the door to finding the, the wrestling business and really getting into it. That's cool. Um, now, where can everybody find all your, before we wrap up here, I've kept you a while, and I've kept you twice now with the other interview that didn't work, but no, what, <laughs> what, uh, where can everybody find you? I guess they can just Google Super Destroyer Wrestler Utah or something. And... Yeah. Super Destroyer, but uh, Utah Wrestling in uh, YouTube, and some of the matches will pop up. Yeah, there's matches all over on there. Um, yeah, so everybody do that. Google uh, Super Destroyer Pro Wrestling Utah, something like that, and it'll you'll find you'll find some of his matches and uh, find you on uh, Facebook and all that too. Do you got a page for the Super Destroyer, or are you just on there on your own? I'm just there on my own. They can look me up there at. Uh, I wasn't going to break kayfabe and give your real name out, but you already did, so. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's all right since you're retired now. And I, I, forgot, yeah. to, I forgot to go over this again, but um, you were talking about, I guess it's like a Hall of Fame or something you were the first member of. Like, the, uh, Is it called the Hall of Fame, the Re Utah Wrestling Hall of Fame? or? Yeah. Call it the Champion for Change Hall of Fame. It's a non-profit organization uh, for anti-bullying. And uh, somehow they, they felt that uh, I have identified that in the major wrestling career as a face or a good guy and asked me to be a part of this Hall of Fame a couple of years ago. So it was, it was a great honor. Uh, yeah, that's very cool. I did see some of it. I was, I think, I had moved back to Georgia at the time. And I was watching it on uh, when it happened. That's cool that they have that. Do they still have it going on, or is it kind of on hiatus? Or they're still working on uh, putting some things together to make the nonprofit official so they can start going to school. And uh, they want to do an anti-bullying campaign through pro wrestling. You should have whoever's in charge of it. Maybe if they record like a little, uh, about a minute long. Uh, I guess you, what would you call it a mission statement or whatever I could start running it on the on all my shows I got probably I got probably 2,500 2,600 listeners now which I didn't think that was gonna gonna happen I just started doing the podcast out of because I like doing them and then kind of started growing so yeah if, if, if you want to get a hold of them and they want to do that and, and shoot it shoot it over to me I'll start running it on the yeah I'll have on the show um other thing we have in common is uh is uh in in music as we both like Elvis. You're a big Elvis fan, right? The king of the king, baby. <laughs> that's cool. Um, yeah, that's a uh, that and cigars and wrestling we have in common. And I, I was telling you yesterday because you were in the into the Misfits and some punk rock stuff too. I used to see you wear the Misfits shirt a lot. But you got to check out the uh, Danzig scenes Elvis uh, singer for the Misfits doing the Elvis tunes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Google that. He's a uh, He's kind of tight with it. I'm not sure if he can listen to it free or if it's on. I think he only did like two shows and and filmed them. I, I don't know. He's kind of weird the way he does stuff. But uh, now, have you all, uh, one last question. Have you always uh, worked as a heel, as a bad guy? I started wrestling as a heel. My first match was against a uh, uh, female named Sierra. And... Uh, the promoter thought that being a big guy like I am could be domineering and 
scary and deep down and growl about feeling bad about it. And uh, it kind of stuck with me for a few years, and eventually I turned into a thing and kind of back to a deal and back to a thing. Yeah, and I think towards the end when I was working with you, it was really strange because I, I, the, I like the crowd kind of turned you into a face. Like everybody would start, we'd come out together and they hated me. They would boo me and then they would cheer you at the same. <laughs> we, were, yeah. we were on a team. Yeah, uh, sometimes when we do the bar shows, they they would they would boo us both. But uh, yeah, I think the only time we ever worked face as a tag team is a, as a lucha show because we were some of the only masked guys and all the. All the little Hispanic kids like the mask wrestlers, so we, but we were supposed to be working against these other faces. So I just remember having to. I was like, "How are we gonna piss these people off? They all like us for some reason." So I, I grabbed, a, I grabbed a little kid's ice cream cone and licked it and gave it back to him, and they hated us. <laughs> yeah, that is a classic old school heel. Yeah, and I was wearing the, uh, I was, I was, you'd think wearing the, uh, Dixie flag stuff that you'd be a, you'd be a hill all the time. I was, that was kind of my whole reason for doing that. I was like, I, I always thought, how can I be a hill without having TV and without doing an interview when I'm supposed to be a hill? I was like, well, if I dress, yeah. if I dress like that, they'll hate me as soon as I come out. And then, then it got so bad that ever, you know, we're, uh, cause it's something I'm personally against anyway. I don't, uh. I'm not down with any kind of racism or anything, but I, it, it got to where people weren't separating wrestling from uh, from real life, and they were hating me, yeah. thinking I was really like that guy. <laughs> so I just <laughs> I just kind of kind of quit doing it. I still do the still do the character, but I don't do the the same get up anymore. Still un, still under the hood, but not a I don't have the same hood. <laughs> Stop the great gimmick. Yeah, do you um. So do you do you have a, do they have a date for this show for Justin yet or are we waiting on that? We've been doing this whole uh, quarantine coronavirus thing to die down and things get back to normal and then they're gonna book it and uh, we're just gonna advertise the hell out of it. Do you know if it's gonna be in Salt Lake or down in Provo or or what? I think right now they're looking up Salt Lake. Okay. Um. All right. Well, hopefully, the hopefully, man, you'll get to work together one last have one last ride. Absolutely, that'd be cool. Well, I appreciate uh, appreciate you doing the interview again. I, I know it. Yesterday pissed me off. That was a good interview, and it listening to it back, it sounded like somebody was eating popcorn the whole time. <laughs> but uh yeah when i see you again we'll have a have a cigar after the after the show and uh when uh when we get the show booked we'll uh darren the uh, uh kendall rush i don't know if he's still doing that gimmick or not but if he is you guys uh, i'll have both of you guys on and we'll uh we'll talk about the show again when everything is back to normal and get get that put out there that's great all right man we'll appreciate it and have a rest of your day and uh stay safe out there you too, Doc. Take All care right. of yourself. See you later. Bye. Welcome to the world of Black Dubai Records. Featuring the deep sounds of day glow morning. Brave lover. Cult of sorrow. Tommy Stewart's dire wolf. Wither without you, bloody jars, negative wall, and the artists of Dubonomicon, Doomstrom, Stone Man, Dead Register, and more. Black Duma Records. On Facebook, Twitter, Bandcamp, and Big Cartel, and BlackDumaRecords.co. Black Duma Records. Expect the dark. southern man western town and this is episode 26 i want to thank the super destroyer for coming on the show um go to youtube and just punch in 
Super Destroyer Pro Wrestler Utah. You got to put Utah in there. You're going to get all these uh, other Super Destroyers from the past. Sometimes even if they just don't have any a name to put on a guy, they sometimes just throw that on them now for, for some reason. So yeah, make sure you put it in Utah and you search it up. Sorry the audio wasn't the greatest on that. We, we did an interview yesterday and the audio was totally screwed. Today, it was good on my end, but it wasn't great on his end. I'm not sure if he was on his speakerphone or what's going on there. It was uh, You can still make it out. It's because it's of the... Uh, you know, calling into the show isn't the best way to do it, but since we're dealing with the COVID-19 virus, it's really the only way for me to do interviews, so I would normally do an interview like that live. We'd just meet somewhere and have a cup of coffee and and uh, talk live, and what you'll probably do next time when I, uh, whenever this is all over, but I'm trying to keep you guys with some uh, fresh content and apologize for any kind of audio glitches I have, but... It's kind of what I got to work with until the virus is up. Um, gonna have a so again. I wanted to shout out to Kelsey Matthews. That was a great interview yesterday. That we actually recorded that yesterday and dropped it yesterday. This is a uh, May twenty fourth today. Uh, this episode probably will drop on Monday or no, sorry. Tuesday the 26th I think possibly Monday night I don't know kind of being sporadic with it um but yeah I had a uh, had three females on in a row so now we're adding the super D back on here going back to the sausage fest <laughs> adding another hot dog onto the grill <laughs> and I'm uh but I've got some good guests lined up for you um can't have all females on my wife will get pissed off so I gotta, I gotta have some sausages floating around in this show. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it don't matter. It don't matter if you're female. It don't matter if you're male. It don't matter what you are. As long as uh, treat everybody good, love everybody. Hope everybody stays safe. Don't get this virus. So far, I've been out working every day, and I still don't. Still haven't had any any problems with it and haven't had any uh, sicknesses as I know of been having my temperature checked at a lot of places in my day job they take my temperature before I can come in um, still gotta wear the mask and uh, that's one thing that's kind of crazy right now is uh, why is wearing a mask a liberal democrat thing and not wearing a mask is the Republican conservative thing. I don't, I don't understand how everything turns into politics. It's kind of stupid. I mean, especially if you're really out there in the world like I am. I, mean, I know some of some of us can't be out there or they're working from home or you're immune compromised so you can't go out as much. But I'm in a position where I have to be out there every day. I guess I'm a, considered an essential worker driving a big rig during the day and I I don't have any choice. Like, if, I, if there's some places I go to, uh, I have to wear a mask. I mean, I don't drive down the road in my truck by myself wearing a mask. I mean, that's kind of stupid, but um, I don't even know why people do that. But there's certain places like Costco and, you know, some Costco's I go to, like in Idaho, they, they don't really tell me I have to wear a mask, but they everybody else there is. And some places will take my temperature and say I have to wear a mask or I can't come in. Um... But things are starting to open up around here in northern Utah where I'm at. We uh, went down to Rivoli's, uh, Rivoli's, Rivoli's, I forgot how you say it, old school Italian restaurant. I think it's kind of a southern Italian fair, if I'm not mistaken, uh, last night and ate. And there was a, it was kind of weird. I mean, there was a full house in there, but we were all, all the tables are a good six foot apart, I think, most for the most part. And all the staff's wearing their mask and um not you know wearing rubber gloves and that kind of thing it's kind of kind of odd i don't know if the world's ever going to return to normal whatever that was and then now we got president trump coming out saying that uh churches are essential and you got to have churches have to be open because we need prayer i mean that's i don't i don't want to bash anybody that's religious i mean that's 
but I don't think that's the president's call. I don't. I guess you got to have a separation of church and state somewhere, don't you? I mean, it's in the Constitution, and there's <clears throat> non-believers and things like that to have some respect for. They're still citizens, myself included. Um, but that's the way it goes. Everything's got to be politics to get more votes, and then that's another hot issue right now is everybody's worried about voting by mail you're gonna get a voting by mail uh corruption and i don't know but i've been voting by mail for years <laughs> i've been i mean i don't always do it but they send me uh I, I didn't vote by mail in georgia and uh but in utah here they i mail in my ballot pretty much every time i mean i don't i don't think it's any kind of scam to it i mean I guess somebody. I guess the one scam somebody could maybe not turn your vote in or something. But I mean, I don't know. I don't think they're gonna do that. And uh, the most corruption I saw, or I heard of, was last time where they were. You know, they, you can say what you want about Russian interference, but they definitely interfered in the election. Whether it helped Donald Trump, whether he accepted the help, that's. I don't want to go down that wormhole, but. uh what I was reading about that did happen is they hacked into some of the voting machines. Now, they're not able to... Not the voting machines themselves. You can't hack into those, from what I understand. They didn't hack it. So let me reiterate. They didn't hack into the voting machines. But what they were doing is hacking into the computers that were at the voting... The polling places. And they were just doing little weird stuff like changing somebody's one number on their social security number and... Or a different change in somebody's address a little bit, or some weird stuff that was basically just delaying the process, where it was making people wait longer and people not being able to get in and vote because they were closing the polls at a certain time and stuff. I don't remember where I read that at. I'd like to, I shouldn't even uh, maybe shouldn't even have brought it up because I can't give my source of information, but I definitely did read that. But uh, yeah, a lot of people without they hacked into the actual voting machines. From what I understand, they didn't do that. I don't even think you can do that. Um, but yeah I think it's going to be interesting uh, from where I see it Trump's probably going to win I, I mean I hear it I see people all day long on my Facebook page Trump 2020, Trump 2020 all that kind of stuff I don't see anybody putting Biden 2020 on hardly anything <laughs> I don't think anybody's real stoked about Biden um, he's I mean, if you like Barack Obama he'll probably continue with that same uh Agenda, which I'm fine with, and uh, a lot of people probably are not fine with that, but I don't think the base is real energized by him. So we'll see what happens as long as we get this virus over with and at some point get a vaccine. I think everything will start picking up again. So we'll see how, how that goes. What do I know? I'm just a southern man in a western town. <laughs> Anyway, thank you guys for uh, listening to the show, you got you ladies and gentlemen out there. Um, thanks for the new listeners coming out of South Africa and Germany, adding you on, all the people in the Philippines, all my new Irish listeners. Uh, got to thank Kelsey Matthews for doubling my Irish audience in one podcast. Um, got some good guests coming up, though. Stay tuned for the... Uh, next episodes and like always you can find me on twitter jeff s lawrence one on facebook jeff s lawrence instagram jeff lawrence music youtube jeff lawrence lessons you can find me on spotify and itunes and all that by just punching in jeff lawrence or j s lawrence j period s period lawrence um, if you like the metal stuff, like the Black Doomba kind of stuff, look at my old band, uh, Shovelhead, you can find on Spotify, iTunes, and all that stuff. You can also find this show, all my podcasts on iTunes, uh, Spotify, Google, wherever you, pretty much wherever you get podcasts. Or you can always just go directly to the source where I record my podcast at anchor.fm. Um support the podcast on there go directly to anchor.fm and they'll show you how to support the podcast you can give as little as a dollar a month really help me keep the content coming 
Um, you can support me on Venmo, uh, Jeff-Lawrence-48, uh, PayPal, LawrenceJeff1968 at PayPal. Um, and as always, the music you hear at the beginning of my shows is just me doing a little improvisation. I didn't state that in the last podcast, episode 25, but yeah, that's still me. I was just playing over some backing tracks and the audio got a little screwy, but... Uh, I do the intro and the outro, just some improv jams. I don't just put a lot of thought into it. Just pick up the guitar and whatever I feel like playing, I play. Um, you can always, uh, music I'm playing in the background here is my, my music. That one's called Backstabber Version 2. Um, appreciate all your support. Thanks again to the legendary Super Destroyer. This has been episode 26 of Southern Man, Western Town, stay safe, love everybody, treat everybody good, be nice, no bullying, no online bullying, talk to you guys soon. Thank you.